I said to you last week that there are three things that God requires of every bona fide Christian. If you say, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, he requires three things from you. Number one, to witness. It requires you to witness. Number two, it requires you to make disciples. Number three, to love. Thank you. It requires us to love one another. Okay. Number one, if I say God requires you to be a witness, what passage can you use to supply that? To support it? To supplement it? Yes, Deacon Morgan. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. What if I want you to use one that has the word witness in it? Yes. Acts 1, 8. Okay. And you shall be my witnesses. Okay. If I ask you which passage supports what God wants you to do to be a disciple maker and also a disciple yourself. Right? Because you cannot make disciples unless you are what? A disciple. Are you with me? This is a good point. You cannot make disciples unless you yourself, you are a disciple. So, what passage do we go to for that? Yes, Shalina. That's not the one I'm looking for. I'm looking for the one that is everybody in here should know. Yes, that's correct. Where is that found? Okay, let's, uh, Denise is going to help you. Where is this found? Matthew 28, 19 to 20. All right, great. That's number two, discipleship, right? Take the witness of discipleship, right? Okay, good. Now, what is the third one? Love, to love one another. Yes, Reverend Quiet, where is that in? Okay, all right. John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give to you that you do what? Love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you do what? Love one another. It is so important in that small little two verses together. Love one another is mentioned more than two times. For emphasis. Okay, so that's really important. That's not my message for today. My message for today is actually based on Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20. And also John, the gospel of John chapter 1, verses 35 through 51. John chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. 
and John chapter 12, verses 20 through 22. Okay, I'm going to tell you what my topic is, and we're going to come back to the passages, but I'm not going to be long. Please, don't, don't, don't think about your roast beef or anything right now. Just, just pay attention, and we'll be done real quick. This is, this is a great message. It's a great message from the Lord, and it is for every single one of us. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question. And when I ask a question, if your answer is in the positive, stand and remain standing until I ask you to sit. The first question is this. Please stand if you came to church today because somebody invited you. Amen. Amen. Okay. Please remain standing. Remain standing. Remain standing. I I love. Don't you love these people standing? All right. You're going to have some people join you also. Okay. Please stand if you were invited to church by a friend, whether it is last week. Last year, last century, it doesn't matter. If you were invited by a friend to church and when you came to church, you got saved. Please stand. Okay. And by the way, I'm standing with you. Because I was invited by a friend also. And you're going to see him today. Okay. Let's keep standing. Now, I want you to join if you were first invited to church by a family member. And that was how you got saved. Join them. If you were invited by a family member, and that was how you got saved, join them. I'm sorry? Okay. Okay. Help me out. Help me out with my message. If you were forced to come to church, sit down. Yeah. If you were if you were brought without your permission. Okay. If you were raised up in the church, sit. Okay. Sit. If you were invited, that's what I'm dealing with today. If you were invited, if you were invited, those of us who were invited, I was invited. I was not a church person, okay? Somebody invited me, okay? All right? Whether the person is a family member, uh, a friend, a co-worker, or whatever, it doesn't matter. But you were invited to go to church, and that was how you got saved. Please stand if you went to church because your husband or your wife invited you. Your husband or your wife invited you. Only one person? Well, stand. Oh, oh, can you not stand? Oh, okay. I, 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 I don't. Okay. Please do me a favor. Come to the front. Come to the front. This is part of my message. It's not going to be long at all. Please come to the front. 
Okay. All right, we have the braces here. The, amen. Now, just look at it. If people were not invited to come to church, if people were not invited to come to Christ, this is all we're going to have. All the people up here today won't be here today if nobody invited them. If nobody took the time and said, this is my sister, I want her to come to church with me. This is my boyfriend, I want him to come to church with me. And by the way, you should not go out with someone uh, that doesn't go to church. Amen. I don't care how fine he is. He, oh, oh, well, praise the Lord. (laughs) Okay, if he or she doesn't come to church, they are not fine enough for you. Amen. You see all these people up here? Somebody took the time. Somebody took the time. Went to your business, persecuted you on your business, and told you about the church. You finally gave in. Just said, come, go with me. Let's go to church. Let's go to church. That's all it takes. If nobody invited this, look at them. And how many of you now are leaders in the church? Raise your hand. You lead us in our church. Amen. Okay. Thank you. How many of you up here are ministers now? You see that? How many of you are deacons? That's what it took. Somebody said, please come. They may not know the four spiritual laws. They may not know the Roman road. They may not know anything about, you know, Jeremiah. He just said, come to church with me. You see what we have? Because somebody cared enough to invite. Thank you. You can go back to your seat. And I want to share with you real quickly. I think I need, give me one minute, one second. It won't take that long. Praise the Lord. God is good. Yes, he is good. <laughs> I noticed that uh, uh, Janice doesn't have her cane with her, so I got to have something. I got something already. So, so I, I want to share with you how I got saved. Okay, I got saved because of, of a guy. I'm going to show you. His picture. He kept bugging me. (laughs) Now, and our time is gone, so I'm not going to be able to tell the whole story. But I just got expelled from high school. And I'm dealing with the, I'm not sure if it was depression or not. 
Somebody will tell me clinical evaluations, only one person can do it here. <laughs> you know? But I don't know what was happening to me then. But I didn't care for anything. I didn't want to do anything. And, but this guy kept coming by. And kept telling me to come to royal ambassadors. I don't even think that was what I want to deal with at that time. The word royal uh, reminds me of the British. <laughs> and they're the ones that left us the you know, crooked system that got me out of school. Okay. <laughs> uh, can you put that picture up? Okay. This is the guy that kept bugging me. Now, since I left... Since I left Nigeria, I went to Canada in 73. I never saw him until 2013. That was when I took this picture. And every time I went to the church where I was saved, where the same church where we are now in the front of it. I'm going to show you the picture of the church itself. Every time I went there, I was looking for him. I just wanted him to know what has happened to me. But I could never find him. He was always away on some church business. But this 2013, I got him. And I took the picture with him. What he did for me, let me tell you this. He did not witness to me. He just invited me to come. That was all he did. Just invited me to come. And I can say in Canada and in the U.S. and even in Africa, when I go back to Africa, I still do evangelism. Some of you were part of some of the evangelism I did in Africa. And I can guarantee you that at least I have led a thousand people to Christ. And because of this guy here. And he didn't tell me Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life or whatever. He just said, come to royal ambassadors. And in my father's shop in, on Campbell Street in Nigeria, in Lagos, when I saw him, I see him coming, I take off. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Our house is just right around the corner. I go in the house, I go in my small room and lock the door. And when I think he is gone, I come out. And one day I made a mistake. <laughs> Thirty was gone. But he was still standing there. But I kept avoiding him until one time I said, let me go. So he can leave me alone. Okay, I went... And I found out that 
week that I went that they were having a revival. And what I saw at the Royal Ambassadors was so impressive to me at that time because I used to be an ego scout. And the Royal Ambassadors did their things just like scouts. And I was so impressed that I went back to the revival thinking it was going to be the same thing. And I can never forget the preacher came from northern Nigeria, from Kaduna in Nigeria, and he was preaching, and his message was, be angry, but sin not. Do not let the sun go down upon your anger. Just like yesterday. And when they were given the invitation, I, I just found myself going forward. Can you put up the picture of the church? You don't have it? Okay. All right. I wanted to show you where I was actually baptized. The point is this. In December of 1972, I gave my total commitment to Jesus by being baptized. Some of you were probably not born then. Okay? I gave my total commitment to Jesus, and it all started with somebody asking me to come. And you saw what we had here. Just people telling you, come to church with me. Why is it that we don't want to do it? All you have to do is ask somebody. We don't want you going for people already going to a church. Okay? We don't want to steal sheep. Okay? We take any goats. you're going to sleep on me. I, I still have about five minutes. So where do you invite people to? Invite them to your cell group. Amen? Rosaria, right? She was invited to cell group. Now she's part of coming to our church. It works. Some people are just waiting to be invited. And invite people to your house. Let them know you don't live in the church. (laughs) 
thing. Some people will come to your house several times before they make the step to come to your church. Or say that you are a person that's not just a church. It's real. Invite them to picnic. Amen. Amen. I see Aaliyah and her mom here. Frida invited them to a picnic. If you notice, they've been coming regularly. She doesn't even like going to children's church. Amen. She thinks the time I speak is the best time. No. (laughs) Amen. Invite people to your house to watch the game. The Raiders. your house, they, they will learn some things about you. Amen. Amen. Just invite people to just have an occasion, just, have, just to have an occasion. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Invite some Christians incognito. To be part of your event. Provide opportunity for witness. Amen. Some of you, I see you on Facebook every day. You know, you can use Facebook to invite people to your Sunday school, to your cell group, to your church. Amen. Some of you in here have at least 1,000 friends. Seriously, right? Uh huh. <laughs> now, that's one. Let me, for the next two minutes, I want to talk about the radical. Evangelism. That's the simple evangelism. Just invite. Be an inviter. Be someone that invites people. Radical evangelism is, and I don't have time to read it, but I want you to read uh, John chapter 19, verses 1 through 10 when you get home. John chapter, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. This is what I call radical evangelism. And radical evangelism means invite yourself. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm coming to your house tomorrow. (laughs) Yes. You said I come to your house. No, no, no. You you say you're coming to the house of a person who needs salvation. Oh, gotcha. All right. Not to my house. 
Look at the story. Jesus was going to Jericho. And there was a short man like me. One of my friends used to call him Zacchaeus. Okay. His name was Zacchaeus. And he knew there were going to be many people there. And he was short. He couldn't see Jesus. So he went on a sycamore tree. So he could be on the the tree so he can see Jesus when he comes. And when Jesus came there, Jesus practiced what I call radical evangelism. Jesus went by and said, hey, Zach. I'm coming to your house. And uh, there were a lot of church folks there. They did not like what Jesus did. Oh, he's going to a sinner's house. Amen. Yeah, there's going to be people at village who are going to say that. You don't want to go to that house. Your witness is going to be spoiled. If you have any witness at all. That is why so many times we gather for church. We don't have non-Christians here. A church that just has Christians in the congregation is not a true church. Amen. Practice radical evangelism. Go to the house of your friends who don't pray four times a day, who don't read their Bible, who curse all the time. Because the people around knew Zach. They said, Jesus, you going to Zach's house? Don't you know he's a thief? He's a tax collector? He's against us. He's with Rome. He cheats. He lies. He does all this thing. This is, I'm going to your house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is not that heavenly good and earthly useless like many of us. Now you become a Christian and all your non-Christian friends are no longer your friends because they don't go to church. What kind of a nonsense is that? The only way they are going to be saved, the only way they are going to be brought to Christ, the only way their life is going to change is if they have you as the positive influence in their life. I'm not saying go out and do what they're doing. But I'm saying you shouldn't leave that witness you have to their other friends who leads them nowhere but hell. Practice radical evangelism. Finally, I want to give you 
uh, some challenges. Okay. Next week is third Sunday. Invite somebody. Seriously. Seriously. Invite somebody. If you already made a mistake and your boyfriend is a non-Christian, invite him. Amen. If he doesn't come, break the relationship. Amen. right. Would you like to come to church with me? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I don't want, I don't, when we come here next week, I don't want to see any empty chairs. If you invite at least 10 people, one will come. And if every one of us in here invite at least 10 people, uh, and uh, I know that Matt can Im- invite over 500 people, okay, they will come. If you ask it right, you ask it in the right way, they will come. Now, let me, let me end this by telling you this. And, and I know that I didn't read the scripture. Please don't be offended that we didn't read scripture today. But the person that amazes me the most was Andrew. Andrew, even in the Bible where he appeared, was not called by his name. He was called Simon Peter's brother. And he's the one that brought Simon Peter to Jesus. He's the one that saw Jesus while he was still a disciple of John. And he saw Jesus and he saw what John was saying about Jesus. And he went and called Peter and said, Peter, come. We have seen the Messiah, he of whom the prophets wrote about. But nobody remembers him. When he and Peter were already a disciple of Jesus, Jesus was preaching and the people were there. They've been there for a long time. They were hungry. The disciples were telling Jesus, send them away so they can go eat. But guess what? Peter was visiting with a little kid. I mean, Andrew was visiting with a little kid. When they brought their complaints to Jesus, he said, uh, uh, Master, just in case, I want you to know that I met a young lad over there. He had a bag of lunch. That was his personality. How he could find out what was in that kid's pouch, I don't know. But that was his personality. He was good enough to talk to people, to find out where they are, and bring them to where they should be. And there, were, there was another story. I gave you the passage. You can read it when you get home. The point is that when God has a purpose for you, you live in the moment for him. No matter where you are, you let his glory shine. And you be an inviting people. Let's see 
if we are going to put it in practice. Next week, we want this place full with non-Christians. Leave them alone if they already go to Jerusalem Baptist Church. Okay? We want people who don't go to church at all. And let's see what God is going to do. Amen? Amen. Let us pray.